Master Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Master Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including TH Seeds, Swamp Boys Genetics, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee, and for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 708 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about foliar feeding. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to B Bala. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Doc Grows and Caribou Heart TV. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Canna Organic Illinois. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Glenn Gironi. Let's send a thank you shout out to Jimmy Limmer and Grow Man Stan. I want to send a big fist bump to my friend Stoner Dave. Let's send a thank you shout out to Sam Heads and the new old guy. Let's send a thank you to Quasi. Then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Jessica K. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know I do include that link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. All right, I don't have anything to ramble about here at the start of the show. Let's jump right into a discussion about foliar feeding our plants. What is foliar feeding? That's a good place to start. Foliar feeding is spraying our plants with a nutrient solution to provide nutrients to the plants. That's right. Sometimes we uh, can't water the plants. Sometimes it's not necessary to water the plant. Uh, sometimes there are no roots to water. So we foliar feed that plant to give it nutrients, to give it life, to give it sustenance, to keep it green, vigorous, lush and healthy throughout its life. What are some things we would foliar feed our plants? Some very commonly fed things are nitro, uh, nitrogen and calcium. I tried to combine that into one word that has not been invented yet. It is still nitrogen and calcium. Also, many micronutrients are good for foliar feeding. We can foliar feed a lot of things. The most important part about foliar feeding I shouldn't say the most, one of the most important, a big important part is to have a strategy, have a goal. Why are you foliar feeding? What is the plant deficient in? What are you trying to boost up a little bit? Uh, have a timing, a strategy, a rhyme, and a reason for it, or it can go terribly wrong, but it can be a great booster. It can be a great corrector. It can be a very useful tool in our arsenal as a grower. So let's talk about foliar feeding. I just mentioned why would we foliar feed some plants. I've got a very good example 
of why I foliar fed some plants just recently. I recently bought a new batch of soil. Uh, supplies are limited. We are in this weird pandemic still. Things are not arriving at the stores like we would hope and expect them to. For a small grow project, I bought a new batch of soil I've never used. And honestly, it does not drain well. It needs more aeration. It needs more fluff to it. I should have mixed that in before I got the plants in there. However, I did not realize it. I thought it would work when I watered those plants. That soilless mix really crushed down on those plants. The roots are kind of suffocated. They're not happy with me. They're not growing as well as they could be. And most importantly, they're not drying at the rate that I would hope that size of a pot with that much water would dry. Now, those plants still need nutrients. I want to feed them, but I can't give them nutrients in the root zone because that is already soaked, already saturated. I want that to dry out. That's going to get uh, probably two or three watering cycles before it actually does get watered again. So at this time, to provide nutrients for those freshly transplanted plants that are stubborn, that are kind of not wanting to grow, they are getting foliar fed. They're getting their nitrogen, their calcium. A couple other base nutrients are happening through a foliar feeding. So that's one reason why I am feeding the plants with the foliar feed. I'm going to let them dry, keep hitting them with that foliar feed until they are uh, ready for a nutrient feed. I won't overdo it. I will pay close attention. We'll talk about dosing them, uh, the nutrient uh, amount here in just a moment. I'm paying attention to my notes to make sure I didn't get off track because I already got off track. There we go. Um, so foliar feed, clones. We often foliar feed our clones. When I cut clones, they don't have roots. When you cut clones, they start off with no roots. How do we feed them? We feed them through that humidity dome, through the, uh, the humidity in the room. Also, I'll take off that dome and hit them straight with a sprayer and foliar feed them with a light nutrient solution that is technically foliar feeding those plants. So the clones always take a good foliar. Another reason to foliar feed our plants is to provide a specific nutrient to a specific plant in a room. Uh, maybe you've got a hydroponic setup or an ebb and flow setup to where all of the plants are getting fed the same thing. Maybe one plant in there is stubborn. Maybe it wants a little bit more. Maybe it's hungry. Maybe it needs extra nitrogen. Maybe it needs extra phosphorus. Maybe it needs extra CalMag. What we can do is we can mix up those nutrients in a foliar solution and apply it to that one plant directly uh, through a foliar application instead of trying to boost up all of the feed in the entire hydroponic system or aquaponic system or whatever, we can feed that one stubborn plant, that Congo plant in the corner that wants more food than everybody, that golden goat plant that eats extra, we can feed it without overfeeding the rest of our plants. Now let's talk about the actual act of foliar feeding our plants. We know a little bit about what to feed. Uh, I told you definitely have a reason why you are foliar feeding. You can use the foliar feed to correct, you can use it to boost, you can use it as a regular feed, but have a strategy and a reason. And when you do it, write it down. I will mention that again later. Let's talk about actually foliar feeding. We know why, uh, we know what to feed it. Uh, let's talk about doing the actual task. Uh, usually you're going to, I would recommend spraying. Most of our sprays are going to happen in veg or early flower. I recommend not spraying chunky buds unless you've got a very good reason. Chunky buds do not need to get sprayed. If you've got bugs, if you've got problems, if you're trying to boost it up, find a better solution if you are getting big, chunky nuggets. Anytime past like week three, uh, day 21 is usually the last time I will spray unless it's highly necessary. I will hit the plants uh, at day 21 of flower. They're starting to set those good bud sets, give them one good final foliar feed, one good final pesticide rinse, and hope that that lasts you for the next six or seven weeks to get you to harvest. So don't spray chunky buds. If you've got to spray buds, 
that are developing. Remember, those buds do have trichomes on the outside that act like a water repellent as a UV protectant. I think the UV, anyway, let's get back on track. The trichomes will protect from a little bit of water. Uh, the plants are going to be okay with a mist, but we don't want to saturate the buds. They're, they're spongy. Think about all the, they're, they're spongy. If you squeeze them and let them go, there's a lot of moisture in there. They can hold a lot of water. Don't create a problem for your chunky buds. Do not spray them. The next thing I've got on my notes is avoid horticultural and botanical oils, especially if you are going to make concentrates out of your products. All of those oils will end up in your concentrate. If they don't evaporate, dissipate, or get washed off in some other manner, they're going to end up in your flowers and your concentrates. Have you ever gone to the dispensary or even bought herb from a friend or uh, a regular person that you know somewhere uh, and they just sold you some herb and you smoke it and it's got like a, a minty flavor or sort of a, an aftershave sort of flavor or something that is probably from some of the funky oils that they applied to the plant to prevent powdery mildew or other molds or pest problems. So don't spray your plants with oils. I especially do not like neem oil. I don't like peppermint, rosemary, uh, none of that hippie oil. If you're going to use that for your hippie magic, do that, but not on the plants, please. It's going to make the plants taste like shit. If you've ever I've been in the room or been involved in concentrate making of all different types. When you're making BHO concentrates, you can see some of the pesticides and oils float to the top. Uh, there's your concentrate, your uh, crystals at the bottom, the liquid in the middle, the terps at the top, and then uh, that funky layer of frothy shit. That's the shit you should not have sprayed on there. That's your pesticides, your contaminants, uh, possibly a surfactant. Uh, that's a lot of shit that could have been in there. So if you're making concentrates, don't spray and also don't spray your flowers with funky shit. Now let's talk about foliar feeding a little bit more in depth. Go light. When you are foliar feeding, you're applying this directly to the leaves. We don't need that. Uh, if it says apply 100, only apply about 15 to 25. Remember, you can spray more, but you can't unspray those nutrients. If you see some burn, some leaf curl, some leaf damage, that is because you sprayed too hard or my next note, you possibly sprayed with the lights on. Turn the lights off, foliar feed or spray. Wait for the foliar feed to completely, turn the fans off as well. Turn the lights and the fans off, apply your foliar feed, wait for that to dry, then turn the lights back on. If you spray with the lights on, uh, remember when you were a kid, a lot of boys did this, you girls won't know what I'm talking about probably. Uh, when we were a kid, we would get a magnifying glass and you could burn ants or you could catch paper on fire with the magnifying glass. Uh, by using the sun and that bubble angle of the light, and you could focus that light on a piece of paper or possibly the ants if you're a creepy, and you could catch some shit on fire. I think that that bubble that is on your leaf surface acts with the grow light, and it will make the same type of burn on your plants. We will get, or also we can potentially get some phytotoxicity from the light and the heat interacting with some foliar feeds, especially oily pesticides. So my advice, spray a light solution of, of foliar feed. If you're using nutrients, go lightly and also spray always in the dark with the lights off. I uh, don't have the grow lights on the light above me, like the little led light lighting up the room. That is cool. But your grow lights, turn those off. Any high intensity lighting for your grow, turn that off your normal room lights. You could see and work. That'll be just fine, but we don't want the big grow lights, the big bright shit, turn that off. We don't want to get problems on the plants. All right. Also, I said a moment ago that using a surfactant will pop up in our concentrates. Oftentimes, if you're going to spray something, it is a good idea to use a surfactant. That is something to think about. 
that is a sticker and a spreader, something you would mix in with your foliar feed. I use this with a pesticide with the foliar feed quite often in veg. I wouldn't do this uh, past the late veg stage because this may pop up in your concentrates, but something to spread and stick this application to the leaves. Um, they sell products. Dish soap is acceptable. Cocoa wet is acceptable. There are a lot of great things that will work as a surfactant if you feel like you need it. I use it to make the product stick and go further because oftentimes I'm working in a commercial grow and every little bit helps. I think it'll really help. If you're in a small grow, it may not do a big difference, but I think it helps. All right. Um, also, don't spray that too late. Don't go after week three or week two of flower. Don't use your surfactants, any sort of oils, anything like that. It's best not to spray at all. I understand shit happens. You may have to do some stuff. I get it. Adapt, adjust, save the crop. All right. When we are foliar feeding, I would recommend... A pH of around 7. Adjust the pH of your foliar feed to about 7. 6, 8, 7, 2, somewhere around there is going to be good. 7 will work the best to not burn the leaves and achieve best nutrient absorption depending on the nutrients you are applying to these plants. That's also going to matter a lot. All right, let's keep moving forward. Spray the plant starting at the bottom and work your way up. This is standard horticultural spraying practice. My tongue is not liking the word horticultural today. I don't know why, but when we are applying pesticides or a foliar feed to the plants, start at the bottom, uh, the bottom inside of the plant, work your way out and up. So kind of uh, work in the middle, spray out toward the outer edge, then work your way up the plant, lifting the leaves as you go a little bit, getting the bottom of the leaves. And that also gets the top of the leaves that you just sprayed. You'll get the whole thing. Um, something to think about. I like to spray a foliar feed on the top of the leaf and a pesticide on the bottom of the leaf is kind of how I focus. Uh, if I'm hitting it hard, I will coat that entire fucking plant just to make sure there are no bugs in there. Just depends on what the goal is. But rule of thumb, kind of in general, pesticides on the bottom, foliar feed on the top of the leaf. If you're trying to be economical, uh, cost effective, that's the best way to do it. So spray at the bottom, work your way up. Uh, don't overspray with a foliar feed, but coat and soak the leaves or don't overspray. Yeah, that's what I said. We don't want it running off and draining off. You don't want the uh, outer edge of the plants on the ground to look like it was raining. You want to maybe look like it got misted there a little bit. Don't waste your pesticides. Don't overspray. If you overspray, you risk the potential of all that spray running right off of your plants. You want it to be on there. The smaller the bubbles, the better. If you can get super small bubbles to spray on your plants, the better. The plants will absorb more that way. Uh, they'll get more of the, if, if it's a foliar feed or a pesticide application, they will get the best with the smaller bubbles. I'm making sure I'm following my notes here. Uh, spray the top, bottom for bugs. Uh, always write down what you've sprayed. Uh, write down what you sprayed, exactly how much of it you sprayed, when you sprayed it, the date, every plant that got sprayed. In a commercial environment, I talk about this a lot. You've already heard this. In a commercial environment, we have to write down what we sprayed, our uh, license number, the EPA number of the product we sprayed, what time we applied it, how much of it we used per gallon of water, how many gallons of water were applied to the room, which plants were sprayed. Uh, we're supposed to write down either like all plants in room A, which is how we used to do it, or the plant tag numbers. But you've got to write down a lot of information, the time, the date, the re-entry time. Uh, all of that stuff is going to be written down. I recommend you write that down now. Just get yourself in the habit of writing that stuff down. Now, while you're writing down what you foliar sprayed, maybe consider writing down what you were trying to correct. What was your reason for spraying this particular mix? Why did you mix up 
this much of your base nutrients and a dash of CalMag and spray that on your plants today. What was your goal? Did you see something wrong or were you trying to boost them? Were you just trying to give them a little push? Uh, we'll talk about push in a moment because that's one of my favorite foliar feeding products. Also, I feed, um, what's the other one? Liquid Karma and Push are my two favorites to foliar feed. Uh, also, you'll see me uh, foliar feed a lot of CalMag, but let's keep going. I recommend a pump sprayer. They sell pump sprayers and a lot of different sizes. You don't want to be in there with a little spray bottle like you're doing the windows. That will kill your wrist. If you've got more than one plant, your wrist is going to die. Invest in the appropriate size pump sprayer to get the best application you can. Those little deck sprayers or pesticide sprayers that they sell at your local hardware shop. If you've got a small mom and pop shop, I recommend you go there. If not, they've got them at the orange box shop or the blue box shop at Home Depot and Lowe's has got you covered. Get one of those pump sprayers. It's like a gallon, maybe two gallons of water. You don't have to fill it. You can put one gallon in there, put enough nutrients to full your feed, one gallon, do your feeding application, and then clean it out. Don't leave that pump sprayer sitting there with old pesticides, old nutrients in there. It's going to get moldy. It will get funky. Then you're going to apply mold to your plants the next time you use it. Take care of your shit. Buy it one time. Clean it every time you use it. It should last quite a while. The rings on there stay well. A little note when you are buying those pump sprayers. This is fucking random, but it will help you out. I prefer the pump sprayer that has a pressure release valve. Uh, let's, let's talk about what's going to happen. We're going to get a pump sprayer. You're going to put the amount of water which you'd like to put in there, one or two gallons, maybe less, maybe more. We're going to add our nutrients, our pesticide. Then we're going to put our surfactant. Then we're going to pH it. Then we're going to shake the shit out of it. That's one thing to always think about when using any sort of spray application. Shake it. Make sure you've got that emulsified in that container so you're not just applying. Uh, like imagine if the Kool-Aid was real thick at the bottom and you just drank the top half. You'd be mad when everybody got to the bottom without you. So mix it up real good. Shake the shit out of it. Then we're going to pump it real good. Uh, 25 pumps or something like that on the big ones, uh, 12 or something pumps on the little ones is what it recommends on the label. So we're going to pump it to where it's going to have good pressure to spray real hard. At this point, I recommend you've already got gloves and goggles on. We should have mentioned that before. Always wear your personal protective equipment when mixing, shaking, applying, messing with the pesticides or the foliar feeds. You can get it in your eye. It's going to suck. Wear your personal protective equipment. That's a note from Ross to Jeff. So we're going to shake it up, right? Shake the shit out of it. Shake, shake, shake it up, baby. Now, then we're going to spray the plants. Now it's time to clean our sprayer. But we didn't use all the charge from the pump. And I want to let off that pressure, but I don't want to stand there and spray my pesticide or my foliar feed into the air because the plants are sprayed. I don't want to spray it into the toilet down the drain. What am I going to do to let that pressure off? I like a, a spray bottle or a sprayer that's got the pressure release valve so that when I unscrew that top valve, it doesn't blast off into my face. You can simply let some of the pressure off, unscrew it, and not break your pump sprayer. I think it'll make it last longer. They're not much more expensive, so I think it will be worth the small investment. You can find those. I recommend always go to a local mom and pop shop. That's the way we should do it. Support mom and pop, support local shops. Uh, if you don't support them, when you do need them, they won't be there. They'll tell you, order from Amazon, bro, and then Amazon doesn't have any advice or guidance. So go to the mom and pop shop, help them out. Their guidance and advice, their interaction will be worth the extra couple of bucks. Again, if they're not available, hit that Lowe's, the Home Depot. They've always got sprayers over in the uh, the pesticide area. They've got that big gross pesticide section there. 
you can find some useful things. Pick up a package of mosquito dunks while you're there. I just did the Dave Letterman fucking Johnny Carson phone uh, pinpoint. I call this a phone also that fucking that's a brain injury. Uh, but there we go. Get some skeeter dunks while you're there. That's a presidential point. If I ever seen one, the Obama point. Um, mosquito dunks come in handy for a lot of things. We can mix those up in our, uh, our regular feed and put those in the water and get rid of a lot of uh, basic soil born pests. Let me get back on track. Get yourself a good sprayer while you're at the uh, the store there. Get some skeeter dunks. They're good for you. Get something that makes small bubbles. I don't necessarily use a fogger, uh, but get something that makes the best small bubbles you can find. And again, use a mask and goggles and gloves when you are doing any sort of spray uh, application. Remember, if you put any pesticides in here, let's talk about this. You can foliar feed and apply a pesticide application at the same time. I've mentioned this a couple of times before. Uh, my favorite foliar feeding product is Push. That is from uh, the Veg Bloom Company, which is actually hydroponicresearch.com. It's hydroponic-research.com. To the best of my recollection, that is uh, where I remember finding that and buying that. Things change on the internet. That may be totally different by now, but Push from the people that make Veg Bloom is a great product. I will add push in with other products and pesticides. It would not be uncommon for me to add push, CalMag, and a little bit of evergreen, and possibly one more pesticide. Let's just pick one. I don't want to even imagine I don't have my notes in front of me. We'd pick another pesticide and mix it right on in there. So you're getting your CalMag fixed, you're getting a good push of a boost, and you're getting two pesticide applications at once, attacking from multiple angles to get rid of those pests. Um, that is okay to do in my experience. Maybe mix small batches before you go hard and spray everything and test it out. But in most of my experience, I can mix pesticides and foliar feeds at the same time. When you're doing that, personal protective equipment. I keep saying that. That's on my notes here in capital bold letters, PPE. I don't want to be the one responsible for getting you sick or injured. I want to make sure you set yourself up for success. Part of success is setting yourself up for the long run by taking good care of yourself with personal protective equipment. All right, there will be a humidity spike after any sort of spray. Be prepared for that. Keep an eye on that on your equipment. Maybe learn to adjust the fans and the blowers to take care of that humidity spike. Also, you may have to dump the humidifier early because there will be more water in the air. I've said this before. If there are no buds, your pesticide and foliar applications will be just fine. If you do have buds, spray lightly. Only spray if you've got a reason. Don't just spray uh, because it's fun, because you heard of a foliar application idea that looked cool. Spray with purpose and intent, or it will cause problems, but it can correct a lot of things. You're applying nutrients directly to the leaf where you see an issue. You'll be amazed at how quickly, if you've got a light issue, so if those spider mites have been sucking the life out of your plants, put a touch of base nutrients in with your pesticide, your spider mite spray. I'm going to say evergreen and a little bit of CalMag and a little bit of base nutrients together after a, a spider mite infestation. You'll be wiping out the bugs and replenishing the nutrients at the same time. You'll go in and the leaves won't be green or yellow and funky. They'll be green and healthy again. It'll be amazing. All right, I'm going over the notes, making sure I covered all of the notes on the iPad. Then we're going to stare at the, uh, the computer paper here for a moment, make sure we got all of those. Uh, this question was inspired by my friend GreenVet88224, who did send me a question that I just skipped right over because I wanted to get right to the topic. Uh, the leaves can take the nutrients, helps move immobile nutrients. Uh, you can feed while the roots are saturated. 
Uh, what else did I write? You can overfeed, so be careful. Uh, it's a good way to get pesticides and push products together and don't overspray your buds. It looks like I have covered all of my notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, foliar feeders, and root feeders. I want to thank every one of you once again for listening to another episode of this podcast. I said episode, what number is this? 708. That is incredible to me to have gotten to 708 episodes. I could not have done it without each and every one of you listening, watching, click and like, click and subscribe, supporting me. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Uh, Really, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to keep it going as long as I can. I've got another episode lined up for you uh, talking about uh, prepping for 710. Then the 710 episode is going to be marvelous. We've got our friends Roz and Ryan joining us. And of course, Pedro from Pedro's Grow Room. Uh, Rosin is legal fuckers. Uh, whatever you want to call Pedro, I call him my friend Pedro. He's got a lot of cool names. Both of those great gentlemen will be on the show for episode 710. So I've got a lot of great shit lined up for you. I should quit rambling because this was a good podcast. All we can do is ruin it from here. Thanks again for listening. Support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, send me an email. The email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. That is all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back in a few days with fresh new content. Let's give a big shout out to my buddy Bongstain Bear. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. (laughs) 